Today on the Av Podcast, I'm joined by my South Sharaf family member, Sean Adonis, as we drop the annual year-end wrap-up podcast, the MVPs of 2020. Now, what a year it's been. From the dreaded coronavirus and how this pandemic has halted our lives, the darkness and sadness that it's brought to a lot of people, from deaths to lost jobs, businesses, it's been a really wild year. Then you add the, the rash of police brutality crimes versus unarmed black people and the abuse of black bodies, uh, the social unrest and protest that came from that. Um, we also lost icons this year. Um, it's, just, it's just crazy how those deaths rocked us from Kobe and Chadwick Boseman, uh, just for starters. With all that said, there have been some positives from this year. And regarding the world of sports, entertainment, the culture, uh, social movements, we're, we're here to provide the roses. So relax and enjoy this one as we get into our selections, all right? South Survivor is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Listen, rate, review, and subscribe to all of my shows, including the ongoing premiere of Season 5 of The Stoop, uh, which you can check out on the South Shirav YouTube channel, uh, which you can find on YouTube by clicking the South Shirav name or typing the South Shirav name, I should say. Um, an episode was released today as well, so check that out. Uh, hit the like button, the favorite button, whichever emoji or five stars that shows the most love and attention, you can give it here. I I've decided I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Especially when that love doesn't cost you a, a, a thing or time or money. And it happens so fast, too. Less than 7.3 seconds the last time I checked. Right? Right. And always feel free to check out SouthShareAv.com in my past episodes. That's in my catalog. Once again, that's SouthShareAv.com. It's the Av Podcast with Cal C on SouthShareAv Radio. Cheers. Welcome to the Av Podcast with Cal C. On South Sharab Radio. Welcome to the AF Podcast. So today I'm joined by my annual guest of this episode, the MVPs uh, year end wrap up episodes that I do every year. This is the fifth one. Um, and we're going to do this a little bit differently, even though this year has been. Crazy, crazy, crazy. You know, uh, I mean, no, no, no explanation needed. Um, there are still roses that grow from this concrete. So um, I'm joined by uh, my South Shirai family member, Sean Adonis. That's how you doing today, sir? Yes, sir. Doing good, brother. Sitting here with my coffee mug um, that I got for Christmas, actually. My Ember coffee mug. Ember. So it heats up. Ooh. I can control the heat from my app. Oh. All kind of stuff. Really? It shows... Life is full circle, you know what I mean? When I was younger, it, I got this for Christmas, um, I'm just, you know, this year. And when I was younger, if you told me I'd be excited about getting a coffee mug for Christmas in, a, in my older age, I would have thought you were crazy. But, bro, this is amazing, man. I'm yeah. so thrilled. I drink coffee. I drink teas. I can't put this thing down, man. A 20-year-old Sean would have definitely taken it and, and played uh, and whipped it against the cement wall. <laughs> Seriously, man. Back in the day. Yeah. Like my parents don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> Life comes full circle, man. Now I'm excited about uh heating heating coffee mugs. Co coffee mugs. Now you're like now you're like you got me a a a, a, 
A bucket of Epsom salts? Oh, man. <laughs> now I can soak my feet and take bath. Oh, this is amazing. Thank you. That's next. <laughs> That's next in the, in the evolution of life. That's next, bro. <laughs> oh, man. So normally we usually do this with, um, with, with a little libation, usually a, a stiff drink, you know, something that hits you in the chest. Uh, today mm-hmm. we're, we're doing this with the, well, I know Sean stated his drink, but today I'm doing this with Agua. Uh, with the alcohol mm. content of zero point zero, this is this is the first time I'm doing this. I don't even know how to act right now because normally we usually wrap this up with a stiff drink, but this is okay. This is okay. This is uh, this is new, and not, not to say I don't do these podcasts with water because I always drink water with when I'm doing my pods. But um, yeah, but this time uh, you know we're wrapping up the year with agua. You know we're gonna call it agua now. So this this is what we're wrapping it up with. It's a, oh, it's, I, a, it's, a it's a it's a blue bottle. It's a blue bottle though. So that that's what makes it sweet. You know what I mean? I think it's a welcome change because, you know, with the pandemic and how 2020 was, you know, alcohol and other substance consumption has gone up like crazy. So odds are most people listening to this will probably be drunk anyway. <laughs> so we, we can we can balance it out, you know what I mean? Try to try to be a little cooler headed uh, when we when we do this year. So that we could, you know, at least make it digestible for the people that don't have their faculties and whatnot, you know. Yeah, that that's, <laughs> that section you did about Ciroc and Hennessy makes the guy. That was awesome. That was awesome. Like, what are you talking about? I never spoke about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, make, makes total sense. Thanks. It's a nice, it's a nice change. So I'm like, you know, I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. So yeah. Um, yeah, so um, so let's start this thing. Like I said, this is this is the five years in right now of, of doing these uh, year end wrap ups. I think last year with we did the whole decade of the twenty tens. Um, so oh, yeah. this this new decade is starting off uh, a little rough, a little rough to say the least, a little rough. But um, but we you know we power on through. And we go ahead with this one, and um, we'll see where it takes us. You know, um, mm-hmm. Aguan Coffee Field. Let's do this. Yes, let's do it, bro. All right, so um, we're not going to do this in any, you know, there's no there's no ranking, there's no order, so this is um, not off the cuff, but we have our topics, but um, we're just going to do this basically on how I flick this list. So to start this off, let's start off with the social justice movement. Um, the bad part of this, you know, the way that everything got moving this year specifically was due to black men and women losing lives due to police brutality. Um, from the uh, the Ahmed Aubrey's to Breonna Taylor, Rashad Brooks, and I mean, there's a whole gang of others in between. But um, the one that the world felt the most was about George Floyd, um, which set up protests throughout the world. Um, and it was felt by it seemed like it was felt by all aspects of society, which I think it was, especially in May and early parts of June. Um, through that, people like um, Sean King and uh, Tamika Mallory for example, are names that stepped up with this process. And I think for the first time, it, it pushed accountability on corporations like never before. Um, I'm not going to ask you if this moment gets an MVP award because uh, I think it goes without saying. And I've done a few podcasts this year on everything that was happening in May and June. So um, I'll step aside for this moment and let you uh, share your thoughts on it. I think it goes without saying that, you know, 2020 has been a memorable year, uh, mostly for, you know, a lot of the negative, you know, that, that, that has been felt worldwide, you know, namely the pandemic, um, you know, but this is where 
And I think you actually used this analogy earlier in the pod, I don't know, some foreshadowing of some kind, like a rose coming from the concrete, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the George Floyd tragedy was indeed that. Like, I even saw it yesterday, um, a video, a picture that someone posted of that heartless, evil cop, I don't even remember his name, um, kneeling on George's neck with his hands in his pockets like, you know, he was waiting for the bus. You know what I'm saying? Right. And even seeing that, it, it still made my blood boil. But, you know, from that, from the videotaping of that, from, you know, the the fact that even those who thought, you know, who 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 subconsciously think that somehow there's, you know, there's that but. Yeah, the cops are doing this, but he should have complied, or but what did he do? Saw that this man was helpless, you know what I mean, and being murdered. And from that rose a consciousness that spread, you know what I mean, globally. And it kind of piggybacked on the pandemic because the pandemic gave everybody time to really have no no other choice but to actually digest that image. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So based on that and time to go protest and what have you, you know, it, it spread, you know, culturally beyond just the black community, you know, as we saw on television, you know, people of all races were outraged and protesting. You, went to, you went to a couple, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went... And uh, Hassani was even interviewed um, by the news. Above, uh, they asked him how he felt about it and stuff. His son, and, his son, for the people who don't know, but yeah. Oh yeah, my son. And you know, it, it's like it, it, it was. For, I don't think. I mean, we could go into a whole podcast, so I'll keep it as short as I can. But um, yeah, a whole podcast on this topic. But it's like you know, you're out there. You're, you know, it's a pandemic. This was like at the beginning of the pandemic where we didn't even really know as much as we know now. So we're thinking like, man, I'm out here with this super virus that could potentially kill us all. But, you know, this is too big for us not to be a part of. And, you know, you're out there and everybody's chanting and, and, and you know, that's it. You look around and you see, man. They're, like, I, I'll be honest that I think the white people outnumbered the black there. You know, mm. and, and it was something I think um, uh, it was very eye-opening um, for 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 the whole you know for all of us. Um, you know, in so many ways, so many layers. It was eye-opening for us black people that think this is really a black fight. Generally, you know, you'll get the occasional white crusader on your side, but this is usually something we're outraged about. But this was different. You know, this was like an awakening and, and you saw so many white people, you know, going hard for this, for this cause, even when, you know, the, 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 um, the shelf life, which in 2020 or in these days is not very long outrage on something. The shelf life is, you know, a couple of days until a new TikTok video comes out. You know what I mean? Right. And then people are like, well, let's, let's do that challenge. Right. You know, but, this one, you know, for days and weeks, 
you know, in the United States, there were just protesters, you know, again, a lot of them white, a lot of them non-black, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it forced, like you said, it forced even companies to have to, you know, actually put their money where their mouth is. And, and you know, it forced them to, to, to uh, you know, provide, I would say pander, because essentially that's what it was, but, you know, they, they felt the pressure to make sure that they showed that they were also in solidarity, right. you know, and, 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 you know, canceling things that were non-black on Disney and this and that and, or, or considered, you know, to be prejudiced in any way, regardless of the, the fact that when it was put out, it was, you know, not considered prejudice in time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, it just went, it spread like a different kind of virus during the pandemic. This, you know, awareness and consciousness of the discrimination against black people by, you know, the people that are we entrust to, to, to uphold law and order. It just spread, man, through businesses, through borders, you know, across seas. And it, it was just crazy, man. And you saw the change. People got fired immediately for, for doing, you know, um, for, I, I apologize for this, Karen, but <laughs> for quote-unquote Karening, you know what I mean? Right. And, and saying racist things on the video, oh, that guy's fired, man. So it, it just like, so it, it's, it was just, you couldn't ignore it. You couldn't ignore it. Um, even at my work, they, they made uh, a special point to talk about how black lives mattered, you know? And this is my you during Zoom quarterly, um, quarterly uh all hands meetings and stuff but you know they just wanted to show their you know here's what we do here's our dedication to the black community and i i don't know about you well i'm sure i could speak for you too like if you told me last year that the ceo and the other executives in my company during their their um zoom cast of their quarterly would have about 10, 15 minutes where they talked about the black community and how it's important to, how they see it as important that their company is diverse. And I never would have thought I'd ever see that. Yeah. Never, you know? And it's like, it's a, it's a, it's um, I I call it a, um, it's, it's a good gesture, but it's more of an overdue, much, much overdue first step. Yeah. Yeah. The energy of this one felt different because, you know, number one, this has been happening for a very long time. Um, and, you know, I think it's it's taken new heights because social media in the last few years, you know, obviously has, has, has shone a light on, on a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but the fact that, and I'll say this again, the fact that we were quarantined and we were all stuck at home. Um, so we all digested this in the same fashion. And I think... Considering right. that many of us were dealing with this pandemic in our own way, I think this one hit home for a lot of black people. It, don't get me wrong. It always does. But yeah. the pandemic, I think, just the, the surrounding events from it, the fact that we're all home, we didn't have as much education on this virus as, as you said, as we do now. You know, just dealing with everything a, a certain way, right? So just, yeah. I think it really brought it home. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, man, because 
about a week or two ago, I was watching this this documentary on the L.A. riots, right? Okay. And it was crazy, Sean, because like you're watching it, and you know, obviously the the, the L.A. riots that happened <coughs> April of 1992, you know, with the whole situation of the Rodney King verdict and all the cops going free and all everything that happened around that. We, you know, everybody listening, you, you guys know about it, obviously. But I bring this up because, you know, when you're hearing the protesters, you know, um, in L.A. especially, and it, and it happened in different places in the country too, but specifically L.A. Um, and, and what the politicians were saying and what the reporters were saying, Sean, I swear to God, it was like if you closed your eyes, you would have thought that was 2020. Wow. So watching it, it, it kind of like it's it put me in a weird place, man. Like I, it was bittersweet for me watching it because I'm like, yo, like 30, almost 30 years later, it's like, what exactly has changed? You know, the fact that we're yeah. still protesting like the same stuff, like it's it kind of brought it home for me, man. Like it was it wasn't a you know, like I'm don't get me wrong. I'm happy with, you know, in the, the positive. I'm happy with like with like the way people took that on this year and stuff. And it was it's a bit amazing. And a lot of people have have woken up and stuff in, in terms like, you know, so, so you saw a lot more people waking up to a lot yeah. of different things this year. And that's that's been great. It's like a, it's like um a, an, an era of, of, of enlightenment right now. Um, which has been great, but that part, like, man, it, it shot it. It kind of rocked me a little bit because I'm just like, yo, like, it's that was 1992, and I mean, we know we, you know, we watched the civil rights and everything, but like everything else, you know, growing up and stuff. But like watching the L.A. riots, it was like, yo, we, I mean, Sean, like, we we remember that, like, that happened in our time. Like, we yeah. actually remember we were, you know, <laughs> in high school, we remember everything that happened around that. Yeah, you know, so then, so it's like, yo, coming coming up later, and it's like we have kids, and our kids are now watching this. They're they're mm-hmm. getting their own intro, like real life introduction to this. Like, man, that, that that was that was just crazy for me to watch. So it's like I forgot what the documentary was, but it was just it was. I mean, there's been many documentaries on the L.A. riots, but that one to me was just like it just it just it was it made me sad because I'm just like, yo, yeah. like you you close your eyes. I swear to God, it's the same stuff I heard this year. You know, like that's crazy, man. That's crazy, and, and and you know what? Like, I think before this happened, before the the the, the protests and 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 George Floyd, I think that we were all under the we were all under the under the false opinion that you know we've gotten way farther than we have. You know what I mean? Like, right. like as far as progress is concerned. With, with equality and, and, and getting, you know, purging society of those types of things that caused the, the riots back then, mm. you know? But it's like when you see, you know, the president who was essentially staking his position, right? You know, calling, you know, only focusing on the violent, ignoring, you know, all of the... the the, the actual protests that were were done peacefully and done with the aim to try to promote change, you know, and and he would just focus on it, painting that narrative that these angry mobs of people, these angry Antifa filled mobs, and you know, and a large segment of the American people just eating that up and agreeing and essentially just, you know saying whatever they had to say to to justify the fact that they really don't give a shit and they their their mentality is 
if you don't like it, get out of America. That's just the way it is here. We have, you know, more important things to focus on than black people and, and how they're treated. You know what I mean? That, that was essentially the message. And, and to see how common that message was, you know what I mean? Because realistically, I guess, you know, when I, when I saw how much support, and man, this could be a wormhole of a friggin', we're gonna have to change, change the topics soon, because I can really go down a wormhole and talk for the, about this for two hours. But, it's like when you see the support that he got after making it so clear that he didn't care and was against all of those protests, all the support he got in the last election, which he would have won if it wasn't for how he handled the coronavirus. Yeah. You know, it shows you the evil underbelly of that, of the United States, like how many people still as much progress as it's shown that we made with these protests, you know, that we have so many brethren of, you know, so many different, you know, ethnicities that are outraged and, and, and on our side and allies in this social protest, as protest for social justice, like it shows how many people are really against it still and how many people don't value our lives in the United States. You know, it, 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 it's very, very scary and very sad, like you said, very sad that, that you figure, you know, 30 years ago with, you know, something that happened, that you'd be like, man, we've come so far since then. But this shows that, you know, although we, we have gained a lot of allies, just a, an overwhelming amount of people still don't feel that way so we 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 still have so much farther to go and it's really really sad yeah so you know a a few points i want to make before we move on to the next topic so number one you know shout out to all the women out there that was at the forefront of this movement you know that sacrificed and did did many things to kind of support us because i think of like for example i know before you know when we were planning this was talking about like um you know, whether you want to include the NBA and, you know, the NFL for how they, um, you know, just how they handled the whole bubble situation with their leagues and, and NBA and the NHL, I mean. So for like for, um, excuse me, how they handled their bubble situations and continuing on with their league and everything else. But yeah. a special shout out goes to the WNBA because how they stood behind the social justice movement was nothing short of amazing. Um, yeah, I think definitely. they're more at the forefront than the actual NBA players are. Or were so um, not to say that they they weren't supportive, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like it's yeah, they were at the forefront because the image I have is the fact that they all, I mean, much like the other sports, canceled their leagues for the for the day or a couple of days or the weekend or what have you. But they also wore those shirts with the seven bullets on the on the back of the shirt to represent what happened with uh, with Jacob Blake. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. which I thought was absolutely amazing. Um, and MVP as well goes out to Sean King, who's been, you know, like, you know, spreading a lot of like factual information and, you know, like sharing videos and, you know, kind of almost being like the, the civil rights, uh, journalist, you know? Um, yeah. I started following him. Yeah. I've been following for a little bit, but seeing, I've been watching, especially this year, like his followers like go up and up 
based on yeah. what he what you know what he was uh what he was standing for what he was doing Tamika Mallory same thing for for stepping to the forefront you know leading protest in you know places like Kentucky being there with uh with Stephen A Jackson in Minnesota like it was like she's she's been at the forefront for a lot of these things as well which I thought was also amazing on the Canadian side I mean I know she didn't lead any protests or anything, but MVP, an MVP goes up to people like Kayla Gray because um, she's the first black woman to be a Canadian sportscaster in the history of Canadian television, which is crazy. But no, uh, but but the thing is, you know, what I give her props for is that, and, and to me, I always said like like especially this year, if it shows you anything, this is the time to not be afraid to speak out on 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 different issues, and the fact that she's accomplished that position being the first black sportscaster and yes she still used her platform to speak out on these issues I, I think it's that was actually it's commendable of her you know what i mean Definitely. because because Definitely. that's it's a lot to risk right you know in, sure, in that sense, especially coming from her position so um you know major props goes out to her um you know going back to like i guess the nba side for for a second because you know obviously this affected sports and you know, you got to give a shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks for boycotting one of their games after yeah. Jacob Blake got shot and leading that whole situation with them, you know, getting different things in place and, and everything else. Like I said, I, I thought it would have been incredible if they would have canceled the season, but I know that wasn't going to happen because too much money was on the line. Yeah, exactly. But um, but I just thought it was it was commendable that they actually just took the stance, you know, and. Uh, especially because that that situation happened in their in their state, it, pretty much in their city, right? Yeah. So like for them to not feel a way about it, George, I think, and, and to and to be official, George Hill was the guy that spearheaded everything with that um, as well. So um, it's just it's crazy, man. Like the you know, like I said, I, I've I've spoken on this multiple times, so I don't I don't want to go into it too much further. But obviously, this movement gets the MVP. The one thing I will say though is, which I think is. It's 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 crazy too, Sean. Is I don't know if you ever did this, but uh, you know what? Another special shout out goes out to uh, a, a homie of mine, um, PJ Kerr, because um, you okay. know he's a he's a creator, filmmaker, he's from Montreal. Um, and but one of the things that he did was he put together a a Black Dads March back in June for Father's Day, and. You know, it was the first one that he the first one that that that's been done here in Canada. I was. Uh, oh. I was honored to, to basically take part in it and just at least to go walk, you know, walk with the streets with them. I think it was from Nathan Phillips Square to Trinity Bellwoods Park. Okay. But the thing that was crazy is that at one point, you know, he did a, like an off-the-cuff speech, which I thought was great. But the, one of the things that, that he did was, you know, we got on our knees and we kneeled. We kneeled for five minutes, Sean. It wasn't even eight minutes and 29 seconds or however long it was that uh, Derek Chauvin kneeled on George Floyd's neck. But... We did that for five minutes, and man, Sean, I was feeling that in my back. Like, yeah, what I was feeling it in my back, like in terms <laughs> of like kneeling for that long, like you know what I'm saying, like just to kneel consecutively for that long. After a while, I was like, "Yo, like this is crazy." I mean, he was, and that's the thing, like you know, you watch that video. He he was using the car as leverage, right? Oh. But but it's like just to do that on your own to kneel for that long on your own. It's like. You know, I don't know if it's because you know it's 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 like it's phys more physically taxing than you think. You know what I mean? Absolutely, so, yeah, I know that. So I'm just saying that to do that on somebody's neck for that long, you know? Because yeah, I, I, I'm thinking, yo, we did this for five minutes, and I'm like, yo, he kneeled on his guy's neck for another three and a half minutes past this. Yeah, animal. 
You know, it's a real it's, animal, man. It's dis- it's disgusting. So you know, like I said, the 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 positive in that is that it's spearheaded change. We still have to see what happens with this situation of him going to you know like uh, whether this you know when this goes to trial and what happens to the other police officers and we have to see what what partakes in that in 2021 um but hopefully we don't have another Rodney King situation you know where we're we're protesting again because these guys got off cuz that would i think that would rip us apart uh, yeah, so I, but I don't I don't want to put that out there <laughs> you know even though I kind of did but I don't want to put that out there to you know cuz we, we we're we're positive in that in that sense that at least justice will be served in that case you know let's 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 hope let's hope for sure yeah it should be we sh- we should get some justice this time around but like you said I'm I'm not going to no, I'm not going to put it out there that, that anything other than that's going to happen. No, no, I don't think. Would any can. of us be absolutely flabbergasted if it did? We would just be like, oh, again, you know, again. And of course, then the outrage would would hit a fever, a fever pitch. But you know, either way, um, let's hope it doesn't get there. All right. So next up, we got Swiss Beats and Timberland. Um, so for the two of these guys, they created a versus platform during the initial COVID lockdown, which it kind of started off as a, the, the IG extension of their summer jam battle that they had a few years prior. Um, but this platform not only turned into a cultural phenomenon, but honestly speaking, Sean, they almost became an essential because we needed an outlet. Um, through the time of uncertainty and darkness, especially during that period, they really became a necessary distraction. And, Mm -hmm. and what started off as battles between legendary beat makers and producers, then it eventually turned into artists. Well, I think the first one was Jill Scott and Erica, uh, Erica Badu, but everything changed when Beanie and Bounty did their verses. Yeah. It set everything into overdrive. And after that, there hasn't been a versus where it, it wasn't done with the two people in the same room. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I think most importantly, it, it fostered its own community. Because you think about it, the, the wide range of stars and entities that would just come on the lives to watch the communities that it would build outside of it. It became a talking point. Like it, it went from something yeah. totally organic to now it has deals with Ciroc, Apple TV, and just you know, just for starters, multiple times has crashed the Instagram platform. And, yeah, man. And and now versus Sean versus is is like a verb or a noun at this point. Um, That's true. What, what That's are your true. What are your thoughts on them being the MVPs of of twenty twenty? Oh, that's. I mean, it's definitely. It's no doubt. Um, I agree a hundred percent. Like. It's kind of like, you know, you figure that you, you figure you've seen it all, so to speak, entertainment-wise. You know what I mean? Like, um, you don't figure that any any new idea, you know, is going to come out and, and you know, catch steam and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, everything is these days sort of like, um, you know, a, a, a remake slash I've seen it before type of thing, you know? Yeah. But this pandemic, it, it, it birthed something completely new that we've never seen before. This, you know, sound clash of, of artists. And, and well, that uh, we've seen the sound clash of artists before, but in, in this, in this uh, format, you know? Yeah. And like you said, it, it, it came and, and 
it was just, I won't say Super Bowl, but it was its own event. Every single time came out. Well, almost every time, because some of them to me were trash, and some of them I didn't watch. But, um, you know, some of those R&B ones I didn't really watch. But, um, you know, it, it, people would go on house party, and, you know, like we did a few times, and you're all watching it together, and, you know, it became something that, you know, really brought people together, and, and, and people were talking about after and debating and you know it, it it was it was such a dope concept like you said it it and it, it started kind of small just on instagram and then caught steam and and you know rightfully so the west indian one is what really propelled it you know which propelled it which changed uh the the way it was done and everybody was in the same room after it and that even made it better you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not even sure, to be honest with you, if it wasn't for that Beanie and Bouncy one and the change that it ended up, you know, creating as far as the, the format of it, that it really, really would have kept going. Well, not kept going, but it, it really would have reached the heights it, it did because that really changed everything as opposed to, like you said, seeing it on Insta Live and two people Insta Living it and sometimes their Wi Fi with the whole Nelly. Thing you can't even hear what they're saying, and then, you know that was amateur night. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, again, I think part of that is, and I, it's funny. Like I, I would disagree in a sense of calling it amateur night because I, I think you're looking at it in a comparison as to what it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I guess that's that's where you would call it <laughs> amateur night. But I, I think it, it was cool in the sense that you got a chance to see. Um, a platform, and I guess you can at this point almost say a company being organically organically built in real time. You know, so, yeah, so like yeah. you you saw you saw all that stuff working out yeah. in front of us. There was no, it wasn't uh, you know, it wasn't behind the scenes, it wasn't behind the curtain. Like you saw those mistakes, like the Teddy Riley thing, for example. Like <laughs> like as, as as hilarious as that was with him and Babyface and 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 his boy dancing with the Kango hat in the back, and nobody could hear and. All the memes and, <laughs> and everything that that, funny, that it, it created, but that was an, in that mistake though, right? In that mistake was also an epic moment, right? <laughs> it, was, it, it was also an epic moment because <laughs> eventually, a couple of days later, they went and they still did it. It was awesome. Um, uh, somebody I remember bring, saying mentioning this before. I can't remember who it was. So I'm kind of stealing their point, so I apologize if you're listening. But um, I think one of the things that with the Beanie and Bounty thing was. What was crazy was that I think that's what Teddy Riley wanted to do. He wanted to give you that kind of live performance, but just Wi-Fi, everything else couldn't get it together. And what was hilarious is I remember um, after that one, after that specific one, because usually after they do their verses, um, I don't know if they're still doing like that, like this now, but I know uh, Timberland and uh, and Swiss they would always get together on on the live afterwards, kind of do like a, almost like a post game wrap up with their thoughts and feelings on it and stuff, right? And what, you know, what things they could have done better and stuff. And they, I remember they spoke for a bit. And at at the end, I remember Swiss Beats spoke with Teddy Riley. And Teddy Riley was talking about, man, you need to do, you need to do one from Trinidad. You know, like, like he was, and and his Wi-Fi was chipping out. He was like, God damn, like your Wi-Fi stays like messing up, man. Like what the hell? You know, which which is hilarious because you can see like Verizon or Sprint's got to like give him better service. But, uh. But but I mean, but the community aspect that you that you mentioned before, though, it's I think it was essential because, again, like that house party app, like I can't lie to you, Sean, like that. I needed that. 
I needed that during that, yeah, that time, sure. man. Like, I, I didn't realize how much I needed it until we started doing it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yo, I, I didn't realize how much it was cool just to see, even if it was just to see your faces on screen, on a split screen on my phone, I was like, yo, that was more than enough. You know, yeah. like, just the jokes and the conversations that had that that we had on that partying together, you know, like, just doing, you know, from that perspective, partying and every time a song would come on and remembering our, our memories from that and just having all those conversations yeah. everything from that was was amazing like like and and, and it's um it's a testament to what these guys have um have done and I, and at the same time too because you know, musicians not being able to do concerts and everything else like this was good business too like yeah. let's let's keep it real like everybody's catalog got a major boost just from being on there yeah definitely definitely Beefs got settled, you know, with you know, like with Gucci Mane and um and Young Jeezy or Jeezy, careers got restored. I, I swear, one of the great things that gave me like a, honestly a whole new respect for Swiss Sean is um number one was that same conversation I was talking about with uh, with him and and Timberland on that live. But he was so high on just on life and just on joy after that 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 Bounty and Beanie verses, um. And it's funny because I remember one of the things he kept saying over and over again was like, yo, man, like you guys was, you know, like they were going to leave Bounty and, and Beanie for dead on the street. Like basically meaning like nobody was blasting their music anymore or giving them their, their, their flowers. You know what I mean? Yeah, them their yeah that is true. And he's like, yo, we was going to just like we were going to leave them for dead. Like, no way. Like, no. Like, like, how can you leave these legends? How can you leave these guys on the on the side of the curb? Like, that's impossible. You know, it's true. So, That's true. so I thought that was amazing, and then when when um when they came out when Billboard magazine came out with the with the cover of of that whole you know the verses effect and everything else, um one of the great things I think is still up on their verses is, is is um they they acknowledge like hey thanks Billboard but he was like but you need to acknowledge the real um the the real catalyst of of this movement the most important guys on this movement and they they replaced their own image and put Beanie and Bounty. On their own cover of of of, um, of of Billboard, like they created that themselves, of course. But they were yeah. like they're they're making it a point, like those two, and they made sure they had the biggest faces, you know, because they made sure like those two were so important to everything that we did. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, I honestly, you can't say nothing bad to me about Swiss Beats right now. Yeah, that's super dope, man. Yeah. He's a real solid dude, man. Swiss, real yeah. solid dude. Yeah, I thought I thought it was amazing, man. So, you know, for the most part, even if it's even if it's not artists you may not necessarily mess with all the time, I still, I honestly, Sean, I'll still watch about ten fifteen minutes. Like, Did you watch that um, too short before you one? About ten fifteen minutes. Like yeah. I was, I wasn't into those guys like that. But I didn't watch ten seconds. I, I <laughs> no, nah, I, I couldn't turn. Okay. But I was I was home and I was like, yeah, you know, let me watch it for like ten minutes or so, ten fifteen minutes, and then afterwards I ended up watching something else because again I wasn't Swiss. Um, sorry, uh, too short, and he, he might add a couple of songs here and there that I liked, but I wasn't a big too short guy and I wasn't a big E forty guy at all. But oh. I know, but I know it has its own its own thing. But it's funny. Cause I remember um, we had some friends. I was like, yo. You know, they only have like a hundred and or two hundred fifty thousand. You're laughing because you're like, wow, we're so spoiled now. That two hundred fifty thousand viewers on something like that is now considered like small change. It's true. I know it's the same thing. I saw that. I'm like, look at this small. This they couldn't even generate a, a, a an audience. Two hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. 
You know how much content providers right now are like 250k? Are you serious? No, seriously. You give me that right now. I'm high on life. What are you talking about? It's true. I'm thinking about some of the people I follow on Instagram, and and if they if they shoot a live, I I check into it and see like 10 people. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah, these guys are 250k, and I was shrugging at it. <laughs> but that's it. But that's it. Tell you like the level. Like I, I think just kind of watching this happen in real in real life and real in real time, I should say, it was it was a I think it's a, it was it's actually a really cool experience to see it. Yeah, because, definitely. Because definitely. like I said, you you saw them work out the kinks. We didn't we didn't see the finished product, and I don't even know if this is a finished product yet. You know what I mean? Like 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 you said, I mean they they started it off, and you know where they've expanded it to, I, I only seeing it go keep going farther and. You know, I even see it, especially if this pandemic continues, maybe it'll even spread beyond hip-hop slash, you know, black music. And, and, you know, you're telling me that white people would like to see, like, I don't know, uh, Adam Levine go against, I don't know, I, I don't know, that kind of music, <laughs> whatever. Chris go Martin against Green Bay or something like that. Like, Coldplay or something like that. Maroon, Maroon yeah. 5 versus Coldplay. And, yeah, but you know, but you know what though? That's fine as long as Swiss Beats and Tim Timberland are in front of that. I don't want exactly, anybody exactly. anybody else to take that platform. They they gotta be beaten on social media. I'm sorry, I don't I don't want to hear NBC NBC presents. Uh, the well, you know it's coming. So I yeah. hope that Swiss and them made sure to do their business, and I'm sure they probably yeah, did. I'm, probably, I'm sure they probably did. You know, those bigger companies are just waiting to steal that and, and package it and act like they invented it. Mm -hmm. I think that's where social media has got to come for them. I don't think that will... Yeah, I, as long as it stays between... As long as, they, like I said, I don't, I'll don't. i even watch Maroon 5 and Coldplay. As long as Swiss Beats and them are doing it, that's that's fine with me. You know, but they, yeah, they have to be the ones... They have to be the ones doing it. Um, next up, we got uh, D-Nice. <laughs> uh, oh, that's true, yeah. And this is for a lot of the same reasons that we uh, for Swiss and that we gave for Swiss and, and and Timbo, but he hit different because it was it was so much more immediate. You know what I mean? Like that quarantine party that he had, uh, which is now I guess you know looking back, is pretty much going to be legendary at this point. It it launched him into superstardom. He became the first person to ever have over a hundred thousand viewers at one time on the stream. It it forced. Instagram to change his bandwidth to, to support the amount of people on that on their platform, and oh, I know that. Yeah, and, and he ended up raising his platform and his profile as well because you know I know by the end of the year he was you know because obviously with the pandemic there there was no live audience for these award shows or live band, so he became the DJ for the Emmys, you know. And he did. Yeah, no, no, no. was I under a rock? I didn't even know that. <laughs> he was. <laughs> He was, but you know, like it, to me, it set up it set up a movement of DJs performing from their homes and hopping on DJ lives. As you know, became a staple this year. If you wanted yeah. an in-house party, so um, yeah, sure. tell tell me where the lie is, where he's not the MVP. Uh, I'm scouring my brain because you know I love to to throw a little sprinkle a little a little hate like the salt bay on some of these things, <laughs> but um. I gotta say, I never, I never hopped on that bandwagon, and not because I didn't want to. I was just kind of like the old guy, like, "Huh, what's happening?" Did, did not what? <laughs> and by the time I, I caught wind, like, it, it was all the epic moments were gone. Like you'd still go and see, okay, D Nice is streaming, and he'd still be, you know, 
attracting tens of thousands of people, but it kind of felt like, you know, like I was wearing cross colors after they stopped selling, after it was stopped being hype. You know what I mean? I was like, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess the, the magic is gone now, but I got to say, what he did, he did was amazing. So I can't take nothing away from him. I don't have a whole lot to say about it because, like I said, I, I never, I missed that wave like a surfer, you know, mm. who really just missed the big one or whatever they call those big waves or whatever. Mm. Um, I, 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 I missed it all. But I, I did see it happening. I did see people, you know, talking about the energy around me and, and, and you know, see what was going on. And I, I did take a peek in there, like, you know, occasionally and be like, okay, so I heard this D-Night thing. Let me just take a peek. And like I said, took a peek and I see, like, man, dude's got that many people tuning in right now. Like, even though I just took a peek because I said, might as well, I hear it's it's hot. You know what I mean? And, yeah, you see the guy was really generating a lot of attention. So, yeah, good good on him, man. Like, that's the thing about this pandemic. that it, 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 It's unfortunately murdered a lot of businesses oh and God. murdered a lot of industries that we figured were murder-proof. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then there are certain people that put their stuff out there and it just caught fire, like... You know, like, like, well, cross fire, like wildfire isn't the best analogy, but yeah, it's like, you know, like, like the Swiss beats and verses, like the D nices, like, man, they just, they were out of here, man. Straight out of here. Yeah. And, and, and I think with him too, he was especially essential because this was, especially that, that quarantine party we were talking about, that was right at the beginning mm-hmm. um, of the pandemic because at that time, the entire world was shut down. There's, there literally was no place to go other than a grocery store or a gas station yeah. um, or, or Walmart or Costco, I guess, essentially, which, you know, I know people have their views on that, but we'll save that for the time. And, um, and speaking of which, let me just interject to give an honorable mention for Costco, Walmart, grocery stores becoming the club of 2020. Man, if I didn't get all fancied and dressed up to go to Costco, making sure I had my nicest gear on just because that's the only time I ever caught any any type of human interaction. Man, oh man. Anyway, back to the regularly scheduled program. Yes, so so basically you, you took your clothes from under the mattress. Man, I ironed them. You know what I mean? I, I had them on the bed the, the night before. The Jordans just to make sure they, they, sh- they, they, they hit different. They hit different in the meat section. That's yeah, what. man, I had them on the bed, mix and matching my colors, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, these boots I wear with this. Oh, I'm going to hit them with this mask. Y'all, the way this mask is, the same color as my, my Tim laces. Oh, man, I'm going to get them. I sounded like um, Ghostface on, on uh, when he was talking about uh, his, his wallabies. Mm-hmm. And then it got the cream on top. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm killing. I'm rocking this summer. That, that's how I feel when I when I'm about to go into Costco. Man, I'm rock these Costco workers, man. <laughs> I got the ones on. I got the ones on. <laughs> exactly. Dog. Um, but but no, but like just to go, just go back, I almost lost my train of thought. But <laughs> but no, but honestly, it was it was probably at that specific point. It was probably the scariest point of uh, at that point for people because we just literally didn't know what was happening everything mm-hmm. was just literally shut down and 
and that that record setting live at the time was it was a huge release for people for a lot of people because yeah, no. I mean the music just that release of just you know just being happy about something um, that live had almost every major celebrity on it including Michelle Obama and yeah. and it all started from a man spitting records from his living room in his condo and and that's the crazy thing because Instagram doesn't allow you to like you know I guess because they're aligned with Facebook they don't they don't allow you to uh, play music because of, of the you know like the copyright issues and all this stuff they don't lot like a lot of DJs get shut down on that stuff so I think somebody was pulling strings to like to let it continue because yeah. most people that were doing this even right before he was doing it like they would just get boom 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 knocked out you know and again this is Karis One's guy you know Karis One's former DJ and yeah. and yo this guy went from like 200,000 followers or just under 200,000 followers to like, I think last I checked it was over two and a half million, you know, and it all started from just that moment, right? Spinning in his living room. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that quote where they say, um, you know, where music is good for the soul. Like that statement, I think it meant more here because we needed that distraction. And I think that live, you know, as we were saying before, like it, it created that community that, Many people needed at the time, like even with our friends. Like, how much times did you hear, like, "Yo, we going to D, we going, we going to D nice, we going to D nice, we going to this one, we going to Jazzy Jeff, yeah, this one." Sure. Yo, you know, my brother Chris Nice, he's got so yeah, we going to, we going to his. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, like we're just yeah. making the rounds and just bouncing around to go to different, different DJs, and it's like that was that was that was a thing. That was also a thing too. It's like, oh shoot, okay, this one's done. All right, let's hop on this one, this DJ's one, and and you hop on and. And now you're listening, you know what I mean? Like, that was, that became a big thing this year. Yeah, no, you're right, man. Next up, we got uh, Michael Jordan. So I'm not sure how much his profile could be raised, seeing that it, it is MJ. Um, but the release of the Last Dance documentary series on YouTube, on, um, not on YouTube, but on ESPN, opened himself up to, to, I guess, to the public in ways that a lot of people weren't uh, privy to, it seemed like, anyway. Um and those mm -hmm. Bulls teams, they, they gained a new audience, and I should say this pertaining to the younger generation, I should say, um, getting a better understanding of the reason why, you know, especially the younger generation got a better understanding as to the reason why that they still buy his shoes. And as the only black owner in pro sports, he publicly committed over $100 million over the next 10 years uh, to support social justice, economic justice, and education and awareness. And he's also sponsoring the first black NASCAR driver, Bubba Wallace. Yeah, that's uh, dope. Is he, is he the MVP to you? Definitely, man. Definitely. Like, Michael Jordan is a real polarizing figure, though, man. Mm. Because, yes, he's the MVP. For the, you know, because uh, you wonder how much of it is to make up for um, his whole Republicans buy sneakers to or make up for the fact that in his older age, I guess maybe he has regrets about how he didn't do this growing up, or when he was at the literal height of his influence and at the height of, of his, you know, fame. Um, he, he really just chose to stay silent on these things. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much of it is genuine and how much... I mean, I guess he's the MVP based on his you know what he's doing but I, i'm not convinced that this is from the heart to be quite honest with you so i don't know well you know what i um obviously we don't know him 
Um, mm. If we did, we probably would have a lot more Jordans in our closet if that was the case. Yeah. Um, but sure. uh, what I mean, what I will say, it I guess where I can, I don't know if I want to disagree or or what have you with it, but I, the one thing I will say though, Sean, is like it's funny because yeah, while he was playing, he wasn't somebody that you went to to speak about social issues or black issues like would that would that have been great for an athlete to do that you know and i still say that if, if it's great for them to do that it's not it's it, I, I don't know if it's a it's not a requirement you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like i think it's it's something where it's like if it's if you do it that's incredible but and i say it's not a requirement I, I maybe i should speak for myself because i don't look for my athletes you know my favorite athletes to be to be muhammad ali yeah. Like, like you, you, you want them. If that was, if like, if that was the case, I mean, I don't know where the world would be, but it's one of those things. Like, it's, 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 it's in- incredible if they decide to take that stance. You know what I mean? But <clears throat> you know, I always say number one. Money. I'm not defending him in this case, but I'm like, in this particular case, but like number one, money puts you in a set of comfort where you, you are. Some people are afraid to make decisions, like on certain things when it comes to that, right? Yeah. Because, because like. If he took that more stance of Muhammad Ali, would he be the billionaire person that he is today, owning teams and all these things? I don't know, right? Like, I don't know if that would have been one and the same. Yeah, right? I agree. Does, does, is he able to commit over over a hundred million dollars now? That I mean, it's it's yeah, it's 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 different. But I think, like for example, like we're going going back to the doc for a quick second. I'll come back to this part, but going back to the doc for a second, I think it kind of reminded you of his greatness. That's um, true. I'll give it that. You know, but I but I think his demeanor with how he treated his teammates and different people it rubbed. I know it rubbed people the wrong way too, but but I think between yeah, because Michael Jordan's an asshole. Honestly speaking, like that's another thing that's highlighted. Michael Jordan is an asshole. Mm-hmm. His his career, most of it was driven off of his ego, off of his immense ego that took it as a slight that anyone thought that they could ever do anything to impact his his end goal or his but, his... but you, you know the funny thing is though sean is like it's i i understood it though because it's sports like if you you know you especially when you get to those certain levels it's like you especially with somebody like him where you know you're the best you know what i mean like you pretty mm-hmm. much know you're the best to you know you you know like there's certain things you're, ch- you're trying to chase to kind of motivate yourself like he motivated mm-hmm. himself off of off of slights and anger you know, not, yeah, not but, and I agree with you 100%, but with him, and I'm not going to be able to really put this into words to make it really make it sink in, but he was just an asshole. I don't know. <laughs> Michael Jordan was just an asshole. I, I can't, and I know there are some people out there, as much as I'm not being descriptive, like, yeah, yeah, it's true, he was an asshole. Like, he was an asshole, man. You know, and and but like I said again, I I understood it. I understood oh. like the 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 mentality of of being so driven by something. You know what I mean? That I won't even say change his personality because I think that's who he kind of was when he stepped on the court. Outside yeah. outside of the the four lines, yeah, I don't you know I can't speak for that. You know, but like, but in between those four lines, yo, it's it's playing professional sports is ruthless, man. Like people think yeah. people think it's a nice. You know, it's it, this isn't like a you know like everybody gets a, a a ribbon at the end of the game. Professional sports is ruthless, man. You're tra- you're yeah, you're sure. trying to, you're trying to be number one. It's just the way it's designed, you know. Um, but though I think the one thing I will say too is that it's funny because even with the the like him giving back and doing all this stuff, which is 
yeah, on, on this level, like I know a lot of people are saying, yeah, it's about time, but like it's it's weird because Sean, when you when you look at like the Jordan brand, for example, like the you know the Charlotte Hornets, like behind the scenes, in terms of, like the front office, that type of thing, it's a lot. Like it's he, he hires a lot of black people. You know, like the Jordan Brand is, is, yo, it's a lot of black people. It's, there's a lot of black people, like, in those, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like the company's a lot of black people. So it's like, yeah, is he not, is he not, you know, on the front lines talking with you? No, but you know what? At the same time, and this is the one thing you, you got to learn this year, too. It's like, like, do you want Michael Jordan on the, like, my, that's not Michael Jordan's job now as a billionaire to be on the front lines with you. Everybody's got to play their role. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. like you got you got people that are out there that got to be in the front lines. I think that's for the younger generation, and that's the that's what they're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. That's what they're supposed to do. Like if we were in our 20s, we would have been out there too, uh, on a regular basis. You know what I mean? But yeah. But but like but people like him is like, you know, somebody like a Stephen Jackson, somebody like um, you know, like a Sean King or a Tamika Mallory, for example, like. To go from city to city doing different protests and bringing a team with you, that costs money. Yeah, right? I agree with that. So, so how do you know somebody like him is not funding that? You know what I mean? And I'm not saying he is, but I'm just saying like that's where like doing $100 million over the next 10 years, not everybody has that kind of money to do that. So it's, mm. it's, it's like, yeah. That's like, a drop in the bucket for him. Yeah, though, but yeah, right, right. I understand, but it's still, that's of course, but that's still... That's still a lot of money of commitment. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm just saying it's it's a start. Like, yeah, like it's 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 almost like the Grinch got the 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 uh, like their their heart turned three sizes bigger. You know what I mean? In his chest, and now he's giving back gifts. You can look at it that way too. But I'm looking at it from that perspective. I'm like the private con contributions that he's done, the employment of his people. You know, yeah. it's, like he, I mean, not everybody's open about that stuff. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe if he was more open about it, maybe more. People would do that, right? Yeah, and, that's true. And, and, I, and I'll explain you a quick story because perception is everything, right? Because you know, I, when back in the late '90s, I, I ended up I had a chance to go with my brothers to uh, to Hot 97, right? Okay. So we go to Hot 97, and, and this is like '90 '96 '97. This is when Hot 97 was like the biggest radio station on planet Earth when it came to hip hop and R and B. Which, I remember them days. Yeah, which was, you know, obviously, you know, which was super important for us because that was like our late teens, early 20s stage, you know what I mean? So that was like yeah. super important. Hip-hop was super important in our lives at that point, right? So, yeah. um, so we, you know, you go to the station and, you know, you're not, you're not thinking it's a black station or whatever, Sean. So I remember walking through like the offices. Yo, the only, I, I, all I'll say is the only black people I saw at that time that I saw walking through my tour of Hot 97 was the on-air talent. Really? So I'll leave it there. That's so true. so yeah. you're thinking, yeah, all this stuff, hip-hop, R&B, all da, da 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 you're listening to all this music, and oh my gosh, yo, like it must be so crazy. Sean, I did not, I'm telling you, I'm telling you that right, right now. The only on, the only black people I saw pretty much most of the time when I was when we were there was on-air talent. Wow. And people working the sad. shows. But every walking through the offices, I did not see one black face. Okay. So that's the perception, right? You would think Hot 97 is like, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's the out of it too, yeah, no, for sure. Man. No, not at all. I'm pretty sure it hasn't changed with a lot of that stuff. So that's what I'm saying. Like, perception is everything, right? So you think Jordan's a scumbag for not publicly contributing stuff, and privately he was he was doing stuff, you know? Well, so, not, not, okay, not that he's a scumbag. I think he's a scumbag. No, a scumbag's strong. I think that he's an asshole. Mm. Just because, you know, his personality... 
on the last dance, you just saw him. Like, he just seems like a prick. Like, if Michael Jordan, you could tell he's, like, he's kind of a jerk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think he's a scumbag for, for not uh, being more vocal about black topics and, and black subjects back in the day. I just, it makes me question how genuine his, act, his actions are today mm-hmm. or if he's trying to make up for that um, opinion that a few people had after the last dance, you right, know? Right. So I, I don't know. But, you know, like you said, that perception is everything, and, and maybe he has been doing things behind the scenes but just didn't do, you know, ahead of time. And who really cares what I think? And either way, you know, a million... $10 million hoping that they're actually sent to the right play or, or used in the right way. Cause that's another topic for another day. Right. If, if you want to do a sting on or, or investigative journalism on, <laughs> you know, the, the, the NFL will give a hundred million dollars a year. And so does the NBA. And, okay. Where does this money go? Who does it benefit in the first place? Right. You know, but the, aside from that though, I mean, listen, if, if regardless of it, if it is resulting in, getting people who need the money, that money, then whatever the purpose, then at least it, 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 it benefits those that need it. So, and, and, and I'll also throw the, uh, the role that he played in getting the, getting the players back together. Um, when yeah. they were going to boycott the rest of the season or it looked like it may be able to boycott it. Apparently like he was out of the owners. He was one of the biggest voices. And at the end of the day, like he still has that cachet because it's still, even though he's an owner, even though he's in his, you know, late fifties or whatever it is, it's still, it's still Michael Jordan. So mm-hmm. even, so even amongst owners, it's still like, fuck, I want a zoom call with Michael Jordan. Even as a yeah. billionaire, you're still like, God damn, that's Michael Jordan. I'm talking to right now. I know I'm a billionaire, but like, he still carries that. And even with the players, he still carries that, that mm-hmm. weight. So I'm not saying he's one of the most powerful owners in the league. Cause you know, you look at financially and stuff, there's a lot of richer owners, but but in yeah. terms of his voice, you you could see in that aspect, like he, you know, like his his voice is is actually pretty big, you know. So. And on top of that, which owner, no matter how rich they are, is confident enough to wear size fifty jeans with <laughs> a triple a quadruple XL blazer in twenty twenty, bro? <laughs> you got to be pretty confident. Like, listen. I like these clothes. I've had these clothes for a while. I ain't following the trends, even though I could buy. I'm actually paying someone to custom make my shit this size. When, when you, when you, you know, are that confident about your, your wardrobe and about your swag, then you know that you're, you know, you're that godlike figure. <laughs> and yeah, and, and that's a, that's a joke. As much as people rip for that, if if he was to walk into your room tomorrow, you're still like, oh my gosh, he gave me his oversized coat. You know? <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> and, and sorry, before we go, we got to give him. I mean, he still is the epic crying face meme, which is the meme, MVP meme of the century. Let's be realistic, and that ain't going nowhere. But anyhow, let's let's. I want to close the make the Jordan segment with that. Next up, we got Dave Chappelle. So um, he already was our favorite comedian for the last twenty years. Uh, but the comedy specials and the interviews showed you that he's he's basically become the touch point that the masses kind of look to from the from the comedic standpoint to to speak on 
you know, anytime these things pop up in terms of social issues, different things, like we, a lot of people want to hear what he has to say. And from the decision that Saturday Night Live went back to him to, to host the first show after the U.S. election, to him getting both Netflix and HBO Max to both drop the Chappelle show from the catalog based on his request from his comedy skit is truly amazing. Um, is he an MVP to you? For Shiggity. Yeah, man. He definitely is. Uh, I think that, 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 that's a no brainer. Um, I mean, he, he's, and I was funny. I was talking to my son, Asani about this the other day, cause Asani loves, he absolutely loves Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. And, um, like he'll rewatch his stand up. So, um, he was rewatching one of them just the other night. One of, uh, I think one of them from 2019 Netflix. And I forgot how funny it was actually. And, you know, people throw this word around, you know, all haphazard and willy-nilly, but Dave Chappelle is a genius, man. And he's a genius because, um, what was that one he dropped called, was it Nine Minutes or whatever the one he dropped this year? Oh, uh, on yeah. YouTube or whatever, what have you? Yeah, he dropped, and, a couple, he dropped a couple that was like maybe like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, that, that last but, one he did where, where he was um, Netflix HBO, yeah, the Comedy yeah. Central owning his rights and stuff, and and putting that out on like their platforms without consulting him, like that, like that one was like the last one I think he did, and that was about maybe like fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, but the one he dropped about George Floyd and stuff like that, you know, like right, and even the one he dropped about the HB, uh, HBO, like these things weren't funny, you know, like they weren't, and they weren't really. You went in there thinking you were going to get some funny. Yeah. And you didn't get no jokes, really. But it was so compelling, you didn't leave disappointed. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And David, like, he's a straight genius. Like, you just see him talking, and you just get lost in whatever he's saying. So whether it's a joke, whether he's just just feeding you information, he's just brilliant. And his actual stand-up, like, hands down, I think he's the best. Forget one of the best. He's the best. And he should be mentioned with the best in in as far as history is concerned when, you know, years from now. I think he is at about, this point. Yeah, they, they they need to mention him with the Eddies and, you know, the Red Foxes and, 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 and the all the other ones, stuff, yeah. you know, white ones as well that I, I can't come, that yeah. I can't think R- of. R- Richard Pryor's, George Carlin's, like, yep. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, he has to go down because he, he's on another level. The, the, the other comedians, like, people talk about Kevin Hart, like, give me a break, like, there's com- other comedians, you know, I mean, you know, Chris Rock, I-, I would say to a lesser degree, he's not a Dave Chappelle, but you know, he's, he's great. But I mean, I-, I won't go into, I guess, much more. I'll pass it off to you for your take. I-, I don't have much more to say that pretty much everybody doesn't feel, but yeah, man, like, like you said, the weight of what he was able to do where he just showed his displeasure that, his show was being aired without him being getting any compensation for it or, or you know, getting to, to, to make any money off of it. Um, and, and these major networks like, okay, cool, we'll take it down. And, you know, it's all about money 
for major networks. So for them to take it down, that just shows the the power that he has without, and, and when I say power, it's not that power like you're like, oh, okay, the, the power Jay-Z has, or like you don't want to F with Jay because you know if you F with Jay, he can pull some strings and do stuff. It's just like he has that power that they're like, we want to stay on his good side. We want to make sure that we can tap into this amazing talent. So let's not piss the guy off. HBO said that? Yeah, I know. Like that's major, Sean. Like that's mm-hmm. that's beyond major, you know, for, yeah, for them to do that. Because I knew Netflix did it because obviously he mentioned it in his in his um in his little in his stand up there, his mini stand up. But mm-hmm. but the fact that HBO also did that, I'm like, wow. Like that is that's. I mean, he's got that social pressure yeah. uh, that social media has. Like he kind of has that same thing. So if he if he flings it your way, like you you got a duck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, which I think is amazing. Like like Dave Chappelle were I think. And it's funny because you you know you're mentioning Kevin Hart. I, I know Kevin Hart's mentioned many times. And this is the one thing I do like about him, is he's he's humble in that as, in the aspect where he doesn't think he's the greatest comedian because obviously he's touring everywhere and you know doing all these shows and you know all these different things that he's building. He doesn't think he's the best because when you ask him, he always refers to Dave Chappelle. He's like yeah. Dave Chappelle's the king of comedy. He's like he's I'm like yeah. He's like but he'll tell you like he's he's not somebody yeah. that's like. You know that's gonna be in his feelings, like ah, you know, I don't know what you got to talk about. It's me. You know, like he's he said it many times. I've watched him in different interviews say, "Oh no, he's the best." Like it's he's the best. He almost makes it seem like it's almost not close. You know, oh. but 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 the thing is where where I think Dave Chappelle kind of like differentiates from other comedians is the fact that he can like he, the path that he's taken. Like he's he can walk his own path in the sense that like somebody like a Kevin Hart is trying to be like um like a mogul, like a billionaire, you know what I mean? Like he's trying to be that kind of like, he's trying to hold that kind of like weight in Hollywood and stuff. So yeah. you got to play the game a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you yeah. got to answer anytime you, you make mistakes, you got to answer, you know, for the things that you say, you know, like he, he's always apologizing for whatever special, the things that he's done and stuff. And somebody like Chappelle, like it doesn't matter what he talks about. He could walk away unscathed. And I mean, any community. Which is crazy. Actually, I think you need to say to to to, or yeah, I cut you off. So continue with that because that's an amazing point. That I was thinking as well. Look at that. Yeah, like he gets because I mean, and the thing is too, like he he like he walked the like he he gets to walk away from the machine. I kind of equate it to like when you you know you're living in a city and you, and you leave home, and I don't mean like move to your own place. I mean leave the city that you were like grew up and you're raised in. Once yeah. you once you can do that the first time, Sean, you can go anywhere. Even, even though you can, even though sure. like you know, you set up roots wherever else, it's you can always you can always bounce. You can like you always have that thing in you where you can leave, you know. And I, I kind of look at it from the from that perspective too, where it's like because he's walked away from Hollywood, he walked away from you know the quote unquote fifty dollar deal from net, you know, from uh, Comedy Central to do that third season years ago, and everybody thought he, yeah, yeah, and everybody thought he was insane. I mean, he's more than made that back up. Yeah. You know, since and he's done it on his terms. He does yeah, his. Yeah, yeah. He gets twenty twenty million a uh, twenty million a show every time he puts something on on Netflix. He gets twenty twenty million dollars like a, a comedy special oh. or whatever it is, plus his, his previous work and whatever you know. Any anything that he he does is basically like a touching point. Like if he does another comedy special again, it's gonna make more money again. Like you want to be, you know, especially if you have a content platform as big as like a Netflix, for example. You want to be in the business with somebody like this. 
You know, because they're they and and the thing is too, what's great about them is they've they're a traditional um groundbreaker. Like they they've they've broken that traditional foundation of your thing has to be on TV. Like they've made something obviously with Netflix where you know, and we, I think we've talked about them in past episodes of being an MVP, but like they have a platform where it's you know it's it's on any device. So you know they you know you don't have to have cable to enjoy Netflix. So and and I mean and that's where our the younger generation especially as basically directed traffic to, right? Yeah. Plays platforms like them and YouTube. So but somebody like a Dave Chappelle is like he's not connected to that anymore. He doesn't need you know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't need the machine. Yeah, so so to me that's where I'm like he's so powerful. He can do what he wants to do. Yeah, and, and actually last thing I'll say on it is that um like and this is where I thought you were going to is that he's so powerful that he gets away with saying things that would be outrageously and, and cancel worthy or people are at least debate canceling people over. Mm-hmm. But him, he says it, laughs it off like, you know, talking about transgenders and stuff in his, um, in his stand up and even on a Saturday night live, um, uh, or, or stand up portion. He was saying something that I remember and you went, whoa, you know, like other people can't say this, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and he says stuff and in this, in this highly sensitive, cancel reactive culture, you know, where it ends up being like group think of, oh, he's canceled. Oh, yeah, he's canceled. And everybody like clamors to cancel people. Dave Chappelle just seems to be bulletproof to that, man. Yeah, well, yeah. I think the big thing too is is you know at the end of the day, comedy is supposed to you're supposed to kind of bend the rules of comedy. You know, yeah. you're making la- you like you're making people laugh. That's the whole premise of it. But you're also supposed to be able to you're supposed to be able to go places that the normal person isn't supposed to go because it's because it's comedy. It's laced in yeah. it's laced in humor, right? So yeah. you so so you're not supposed yeah, to be true. in your feelings about certain things, but. They're trying to like. It seems like comedy is is being because of this whole cancel culture thing. It's it's turning into like you have to even watch your words with comedy, and mm-hmm. and a lot and a lot of times like I get I get the certain aspects of it, but at the same time it's like I understand his perspective where it's like it's comedy, like you're not gonna yeah. change my style of comedy, like you know what I mean? We're yeah, like this is humor, right. like stop taking yourself so serious, you know? Yeah, so I agree. That's the that's the beauty of it. Um, I'm going to mix this next category up. Well, I'll, I guess I'll kind of surprise you with this one. But the next person up for a candidate is Hit Boy. But I'm going to throw another category at you afterwards. But um, Hit Boy had a great year as a producer, especially pertaining to hip hop. He's produced some of the best records of the year to me, and yeah. as well as some of the best albums. He's created whole albums with, with people like Nas, Big Sean, uh, Betty the Butcher, Dom Kennedy, and Conway the Machine for others. Um, he argu- arguably has like the best albums in hip hop for this year and a year where at one point I was actually annoyed with the lack of hip hop and R&B that was coming out for not releasing any great music that's influenced by the events of this year, pandemic and social justice. Um, hit boy became, he came through as a producer that we needed. What are your thoughts? I definitely agree with that. Um, I'll be honest. Hip hop has been pretty low on my radar this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've been in my Griselda bag, so I agree. The Benny the Butcher, 
and and even the Conway the Machine, which I don't think it got the attention it should have got. I think it was doper than people gave it credit. But now before 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 I know I think I know where you're going. So before you do that, uh, this is why I said I'm going to mix this category, and even though it's it's not really mixable because Hip Boy's a hip uh, hip hop producer. R and B is R and B an MVP for you? As Woo! Well? Yes, sir. Go ahead, go ahead. R and B to me is an MVP this year, and it's not even to say that all the, that amazing R and B came out in 2020. I'm just in my R and B bag like Santa Claus, <laughs> like in 2020. So I may be. There may be some R&B that spilled over from 2019. He came to the other side. He finally came home. Come on home, Sean. I feel like Bro. that that uh, that Rick James, Dave Chappelle meme where you're like, <laughs> come to the camera. Like, come. That's how I feel like, like with you right now with R&B. Yeah, 2020 to me has been a year of many changes, you know, to diet, to behavior, to what I'm absorbing and consuming, like, yeah, man. R and B to me, like like you said, the Benny the Bushers, the the Conway, Big Sean. I heard was dope, but I don't know something about Big Sean. I just I, I like him, right? But I just don't feel like listening to his albums. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, yeah, it was nice. It was nice. But like, he's dope though. He's yeah. he's dope as hell. Um. Yeah, Hip Boy, and I, I won't really comment much on Hip Boy, because unlike, for example, people like maybe yourself, and, and you know, I know you have that DJ blood in you, you know, it's your family lineage and all, but I don't really, really, at this age anymore, I used to back when I was younger, really focus on producers so much, I don't really focus on producers as much as I used to, to be honest, Right. so... I mean, even when you're saying some of the albums your boy was 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 involved in, I was like, mm-hmm, oh yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, I didn't know that really, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and but I mean, he has. I, I did hear the rumblings of how dope of a year he did have. So I'll, I'll I'll tip my hat and pretend I was in the know. But to be honest, I was too busy grooving to the smooth sounds of R and B, brother. <laughs> Sean and the Quiet Store. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what it is with Hip Boy. In a, a lot of ways, Sean, I'm kind of the same way. I don't follow the producers the same way that I used to. Because back Ooh. in the day, that was, uh, you know, back in, you know when we were younger, that definitely was a thing. Um, I think the reason why Hip Boy grabbed my attention so much is because a lot of the good albums that I listened to hip hop wise this year, when I would look at the the linear notes, it was him. And a lot okay. of times, it wasn't like okay, like he did one or two tracks. He did the whole album. So I'm like, man, this album's nice. Who did this? Him again? Wait a minute. And then you're looking back. Oh shit, he did everything. And he, and like the, the amount of times I said that, listening to certain hip hop albums, I'm like, okay, like yeah, this this dude is nice. Like I mean, I know he was already nice because he did stuff, you know, with Drake and everything else. Like this, this is not like he popped up on the scene just now. Like he's been around for a while. But this year was a great year for him in terms of that aspect. And I, know, really? I, I I recognize you didn't mention Nas though, you damn hater. But that's okay though. <laughs> that's okay. That's all I right. still haven't listened to that album fully. I mean, so, I listened to a, for the first I guess few seconds of each song. Uh, okay, next, 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 next. I'm like oh, that was a good album. All right, oh, next time Nas, I'll see you next time around. 
You you better not end up in the alley with Nas Smash. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Because <laughs> I'm not saving you. <laughs> but, uh, but but on the R&B tip, yeah, there's been some, there's definitely been some some great work. I, I know I'm expecting to see, like, I'm a big fan of Anderson Pack. I know he hasn't put out an album yet, but I think he's working on one. So probably 2021, he might be getting this category for MVP, but... Um, but there yeah, but, but there's been, there's been, there's been a lot of good music. Like her, I know her, um, has put, has put out some nice stuff. What's her name? Snow Allegra. Is that her name? Snow Allegra's dope. Yeah. yeah. Snow Allegra's dope. Summer Walker's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Lay is dope. Mm-hmm. Kiana Lede is dope. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, what's her name? Victoria Monet is dope too. Look at Sean, man. Um, Look at yeah, this man. Guy. Got his bag dude. right now. Oh my god! The division is dope. Oh. Uh, who else? Talk that talk, Sean. Look at this guy. R and B. There we go. Got, yeah, and Big Sean's wifey's dope. Woof. What's your face? Um, Janaeiko. Janaeiko. Oh my gosh. I've never been a big one. fan of her, to be honest with you. Oh my gosh, bro! I didn't think I was until I started hearing her. Listen to R and B. She is amazing, man. She yeah, is I'm, I'm kind of like, eh, I, I, I know. I know some people are going to kill me here and that, but I'm like, nah. Bro, you got to listen again. She's amazing. She's an amazing bastard. Don't you dare say that about Janae. <laughs> how, how about this? How about she, she, she's my Nas to you? How about nah, that? she can't be. She way, she's way better than Nas. <laughs> oh, get the hell out of here. <laughs> get the hell out of here right now. But, uh, <laughs> but I think one thing it, it does show you once again is that all those artists you mentioned, you know, plus a hit boy, for example, like they, they show you that it's, a, it's another harsh reminder that creatives create under any circumstances. I think that's like the th- one of the themes of 2020 as well. You know, it doesn't matter what the circumstances creatives are going to create. Yeah, you know? that's true. So, so sometimes you just got to, you know, let them cook. And I think that was my lesson, too, because at the beginning I was like, yo, where is my, you know, with the social justice issues with Corona? I'm like, with the coronavirus, everything that's happening, I'm like, where is my music? Where is where is my theme music right now? Like, where, you know, and I, but I'm like, yeah, maybe I was just being a little too impatient at this time, so that that's my fault. But, um, but yeah, no, but like I said, you're you're right. It was a, it was a considering the under the circumstances, especially because even like soca music and stuff, they have some gems. I love that Father Nappy. Uh, <laughs> I know it's not R and B, it's the soca, but that 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 backyard jam. Whew, oh, I love that man. But but yeah, yeah but, I, but, but, I, I'm not in the know with that one. Creatives create, man. So and like I said, under under the circumstances, there's been some good music out. You know, and, and yeah, it's, definitely, and, it's, and, it's, and, and and they're healthy distractions. You know what I mean with everything they're going through. Like I think music definitely should take a bigger part in terms of just just taking in the actual content of it not whether you want to look at the um you know the behind the scenes or the gossip stuff like whatever i'm not even talking about that i'm just talking about the actual good music pressing something to play and just letting it go for the entire time it's it's good therapy man yeah it's true. good therapy you know it's, it's something we need so you know i i commend you know the the content producers of, of that space especially r&b and like i said in certain aspects of hip-hop for for doing their job although it came later than than my patients would have waited on but <laughs> you know it's uh it's it's good on them that they came through this year next up we got joe button um many people such as yourself think he's an asshole but uh, yeah he's an asshole but but the biggest thing I take from him is how he, he stuck his neck out for for the podcasters. 
uh, leaving his deal with Spotify, creating his own lane within the industry, even even though he had the biggest show on that platform for the culture. Um, what are your thoughts? You think he's an MVP? I definitely think he's an MVP. Um, I think that maybe you recognize him as an MVP because you're a podcaster. Right, right. I don't think that the general public thinks he's an MVP, but with that said, when I say that, so I'll, I'll preface this with you and I have had this conversation, and but I haven't on this platform. Joe Budden is a manipulative, condescending, mind game playing asshole. I could never be his friend. I would never want to have a conversation with him because he always has an angle and he, I just hate talking to people like him. I would lose my mind. It would be a, a, a homicide one way or the other. Either he would have to kill me or I'd have to kill him. If he wanted, I couldn't, I couldn't coexist with him. With that said, I really like his podcast. <laughs> like, I like him. When I say that, I don't mean I dislike him on the podcast. I could just see personality traits that I wouldn't get along with him, right, you know? Right. But I find his personality is great for podcasting. I find his podcast to be great. You know, one of the only few podcasts I actually listen, listen to. I think his, um, his co-hosts don't get enough credit, like Maul and and Parks and Rory are both amazing characters. They have, you know, they're witty, they're clever, they're sharp. It's an amazing podcast. And, like, I think it was an amazing come-up with him because he was a good rapper, you know what I mean? He was. Never the most popular rapper. But he had People often didn't like him. He had a, you know, and came out with this podcast and just started picking up steam, like you said, to the point where he was able to leave Spotify. And now Joe Budden is seen as one of the gatekeepers. Ah, gatekeepers is a strong word. Joe Budden is seen as, as one of the, you know, influencers in, in in the industry. You know, like, if Joe Budden and his podcast say something about you, you know, that stuff ends up on the blogs. You know, and, and, and Joe Budden's opinion, he, he's a mover and shaker, to be corny about it. Right. You know? So, yeah, and I mean, like you said, he left Spotify and started his own Joe Budden podcast network, whatever it's called. Yeah. And, yeah, man, he, he doesn't seem to be starving and, and doesn't seem to be losing momentum. So I would definitely agree with you. Yeah, he's, he's been somewhat of a disruptor. Um, but, mm-hmm. I, but I think he, he went in and, and I guess, you know, as you said, because I, I, I'm coming from the podcast angle, um, I guess I've been following his story a little bit more, even though I don't always watch his show either. But, um, mm-hmm. but I think he went in and understood his worth in this space, and yeah. he eventually followed the uh, the quote unquote Dame Dash route in terms of being your own boss. Um, yeah, it's it's another it's another example of the foundation changing, even within the foundation breaker of like a Spotify, right? Like he yeah. has millions of followers, and he's looking at it from the perspective of like, why would I share that? with these type of entities for pennies on the dollar or a fraction of the amount of money that I'm bringing in. I have like millions of followers, loyal listeners and watchers. Like, why are you giving me a fraction of what I'm worth? Like that's, that doesn't make any sense. And he built from within and, and I, and honestly, I think it will work for him 
You know, because yeah, I've yeah. seen some of the shows that he's, he's. I haven't got a chance to watch some of the other shows. I know there's um there's an all woman show. Um, I forgot what it's called. That's I never watched any of those. I, I, I don't I, like I, them that much. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I haven't had a chance to take just. Yeah. And honestly, it's not because of, of interest. It's just time. I just haven't had a chance yeah, exactly. to like, watch it yet. Only but, so much time in the day. Right, but um, but as long as fans stay with him and they continue to create content for for the people that they mess with, it's going to work out for him. Yeah, and and I think the other aspect why I drew interest in it is because I think he's fighting, he's fighting for the black podcasters because, true. like, when you look at Bill Simmons and and a Joe Rogan, they've signed for almost, I want to say almost like three hundred plus million dollars combined, and yeah. you know, for for his perspective, like, yo, they don't want to pay big bucks for for somebody like him who's making almost as much big waves as they are. You know what I mean? So. So yeah. he's, he's looking at it from that perspective. You're giving Bill Simmons $200 million. You're giving Joe Rogan a hundred and something million dollars. And he's like, you're going to fight for me for my money? Like, what are you talking about? You know, yeah. I, I totally get it. And that's and that's why I loved when, when I, I, one of his podcasts, I think he had, um, and you can, you know, you can go back and scroll and listen to like whichever one it was, whichever episode it was. I know it was like, I think it was like in the summer, but, or like late or in the fall, but um, but he was talking about that specific topic, and you know, oh yeah, he went off. People. Yeah, you remember that? It was, but I, but I thought that was a great episode, Sean. I thought that was an incredible episode. You know, I thought yeah, it was an incre- incredible episode because he's he's basically talking to the black podcasters and owning your shit. Yeah, that you know? was good. Though. It's it's it's, it's like the equivalent of like the music industry in terms of owning your your masters and that kind of thing. It's kind of like the same space in that aspect. So it's like I I, I totally respected it. So that's, yeah. that's why to me I was like, yeah, like he gets it for me. I know it's not the general thing to talk about, but that's I thought that was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, last but not least, let's focus on the frontline workers. Um, there's no explanation needed. Yeah, what are your thoughts? <laughs> there's no explanation needed. What are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts are. The frontline workers are the MVP, depending on who you speak to, because there are certain people that think that they're twiddling their thumbs and the frontline workers are just, um, you know, not really as, as, as vulnerable, or not vulnerable, but not really putting themselves out there in danger as much as they are, because some people figure that there's some type of conspiracy or this is fake and blah, blah, blah. I could say, um, firsthand, I, I, know of some frontline workers that are family, friends, and what have you, and, and family as well. And, and you know, there, there are certain things that I think need to be said for, you know, for those that do not put them in the MVP category because they are, they are really what is keeping society going man, like, everything that you see every day is COVID, 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 you know, we talk about COVID like it's a concept of, you know, something, a scary cloud looming over our head, but they have to do, put in the work every single day to keep it from exploding into a nuclear mushroom cloud, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they, you know, they're overworked, they are putting themselves, like, in that front line to take the take take the 
you know, the shots before any, well, shots, you know what I mean, to take the, the, the flyer before any of us. Mm. And they're getting sick. So their other frontline workers are having to cover and put in more time and they're, they're working themselves to death and to exhaustion, you know, and, and, and still trying to, you know, make sure that they're there for us to, to keep the healthcare system going and, you know, all those other, um, all those other, uh, what's what I'm looking for, um, necessary, uh, industries that we need going to make sure that, you know, society doesn't collapse. And, and yeah, I definitely, you know, I think it goes without saying that the MVP, I just think maybe we should, on a more larger scale, realize that, you know, we need to do our part and make sure that we, we follow the measures that are put in place to make sure that we don't make their job harder man, because it's hard enough as it is. Yeah, I think they've they've put it they've been put in a space where they have to fight for a, you know, a virus that obviously has shut down the world and um they themselves have seen a lot of pain and death, especially when you look at like the news in the States and stuff, um, mm. from the vulnerable, which is um you know, which it has it has to affect them mentally and physically. Obviously, um, yeah. my support for anyone who's lost loved ones this year, especially ones um, due to COVID, like I, I, you know, my heart goes out to all of you because this year has been one of the worst we've we've ever seen, and um, and they've done everything with the pressures and stresses that this has brought, which is extremely tough. And <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. Uh, I I, I kind of like how I did with the Hit Boy category in terms of making MVP, where I added R and B in there. Mm. I think this is a year, Sean, where I give the MVP as well to each and every one of you listening, including us, because with this virus and all the lockdowns, um, people losing employment, their businesses, the mental psyche has been pushed to the extreme. And yeah, having to endure it and to continue pushing for ourselves and our loved ones, like we all, not to sound corny, but I'm being serious, like we all deserve this award. Um, That's true. Like you're this, corny, but I agree. So. <laughs> I'm not corny. I'm not corny. <laughs> but uh, but I'm just saying. I'm saying in, in that in that perspective of just um, coming from that mental psyche perspective, just protecting that, like because this year's been, it's made a lot of us look inward. You know what I mean? Facing mm-hmm. thoughts of mortality like what the future is going to look like. And I think for me, like I, I kind of, you know, my thought process is like, I think you can no longer um, like one of the things, well, there's so many things you can look the uh, ways you can look at this, but I think when it comes to life, I think you can no longer be afraid to go after what you want um, to fight for your passions and beliefs because this world is changing. And I think you have to work towards the things that you love um, because we got to protect yeah. the happiness at all costs, man. Like this is, this yeah. is a real, this is like a, I don't think we've ever had to really measure that because in this fast-paced moving world that we've been living, you know, pretty much most of our lives now, but like because everything is forced you to slow down, it's forced you to have to like really look inward and really think about what you're doing with your life. Yeah, it's true, man. And uh I'll, I'll piggyback off of whoa, I'll, I'll piggyback off of of what you just said, you know what I mean? Um and and not add much to it other than say I agree a hundred percent, and and just that it's it, it's it's something. It's a new time. Like this is like really um, something that we're, we're 
you know, like you said, it's, it's taking its toll on everybody, you know, taking its toll on all of us. Um, people just need not to be afraid to, to ask for help. Stay strong through it, you know, whether you're a frontline worker or, or, you know, just regular folks like us who are just experiencing it, bringing it back to the frontline workers yet again. I, I've seen something where, they a lot of them get upset because of the fact that they they're putting in these major sacrifice they, they they sacrifice themselves and yet some people can't even do the minimum of what they're they're asked to do in their part and I can only imagine how frustrating that is you know what i mean um but yeah i, I mean it it it's it's been tough for everybody uh, so Giving everybody the MVP like some corny weirdos, okay. <laughs> like giving everybody the MVP. I mean, yeah, I agree. Uh, but then at the same time, I guess we really had no choice. But it, it, it's 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 shown that you know this this 2020 has been uh, it's quite been the, it's been the monster, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's been it's been it's been trying. Or or what? Or, or maybe we take one big MVP and we slice it up like cake to everybody else, so that everybody can get a little piece of it. Yeah, six hundred dollars worth. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's give everybody six hundred dollars worth of the MVP. Um, no, no, but but I, I but I say that, like I said, I really don't say that to be court. I just say that from the mental perspective in terms of just um, because you know, I, you know, I'm having conversations with so many people this year. It's like, yo, it's been. Everybody's experienced the downs, the, the 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 valleys, man. Like it's 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 tough, especially when you're, you know, like right now in this at this time this time right now, like we're in a current lockdown again. You know what I mean? Where nothing is open and you're basically you know stuck to being home once again. And like it's that's there's some people that are that are really struggling with that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like and that's that's where I'm like yo to, to continue to push through. It's like I, you know, my like I give props to you, man, because like you're seeing like a lot of stuff, man. Like it's just it's crushing people, man. Like you know, like and uh, not just because of the virus and the you know like that to come off the frontline workers for a quick second, but like you know we look at small businesses and just those different things. You're watching people like just get crushed, man. Like you're driving through a areas and different different um different streets and stuff where there's a lot of businesses. You're just seeing a lot of like you know for sale signs for for lease signs boarded up windows and different things and you're like oh my god like yo that was there a few months ago you know yeah it's like yeah. when you see that stuff it's like yo that's and and it's not like you know we've talked about this all the time it's not like you're, they're just gonna go and just get another job tomorrow like that's like yo that's yeah, that's exactly. a major life thing that's happening you know, yeah so. these are people that we're gonna have to take care of yeah in 2021 and, and that that's the thing like honestly the the scary thing and let, i don't want to turn this into uh you know, dread for 2021 podcast. But the scary thing is that we're going to have to, everything that's happening now, uh, everything that's being, you know, that all these businesses that are collapsing, all this money being spent to try to keep businesses and people afloat, you know, in 2021, when we, the smoke clears and, and we look at all of, you know, the damage that's been done, you know, like you said, there's a lot of people that, work their entire lives to have their own businesses and, and, you know, not really need help from anybody because they, they, they were, you know, their own industry or, or their own um, company, you know what I mean? Right. That are now, 
going to be sitting there lost without that money coming in and without an idea on how to get them back to where they were. And and that's going to hurt them and hurt us because, you know, when you go and you you can't press pause on on the world and have cut off the, the finances, you know, the the, the, finance, the income of all these, these companies, these small businesses, and then when you press play again, think that they can just, you know, continue where they left off. It's not going to happen. And how are we going to take care of these people, man? Yeah. How? How? Because they're going to need help in yeah. 2021, and, and that's not going to be a cheap thing. So I, I, I just hope that, you know, the government and the governments of the world remember or don't think that it's all about getting us through the pandemic. After the pandemic's done, man, there's going to be a lot of help needed, a lot of hungry people, a lot of scared people. That's going to be the next stage of depression, you know what I mean? Because now you have depression, people, you know, are at mental illness, people are, are trying to cope with shelter in place and lockdowns, but... Then once that smoke clears and, and people are, are financially destitute and not seeing how they come out of that, that's where we're going to need to make sure that we really, really help people's mental health because that's going to be equally as dangerous, different, but very dangerous. Man. I, I know you're putting some of that on government, but I think some of that too has to, the things that you can control is the, the small little things of just honestly calling somebody, not texting calling somebody to see how they're yeah. doing because yeah, you yeah. don't, you don't know, like, yeah, like even for myself, like there's been times and I think I've been pretty upbeat for the most part this year, but there's been some times where like a conversation was like, damn, I, I think I really needed that conversation because it saves you from kind of like going with your dark thoughts. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. Those things like you don't know those, sometimes those phone calls could be saving somebody. You know what I mean? Like and, and keeping that person to continue to keep going. You know, so, I, so I think that's like the, the, the big thing, you know, like I've experienced that. And like I said, I, I you know, I'm pretty sure you've experienced that too. And maybe, and, and, and I'm pretty sure, you know, like you've called people where you, you may not even realize it. And maybe they may tell you later that, yo, you don't re- understand. Like, thank you for those calls, Sean. Like shit, that kind of helped me. You know what I mean? Like those, like I said, those talking about earlier, but those house party getting together and doing that stuff on verses and, that just those little things was like, yo, I looked so forward to those. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it was like it just it just gave you a, a healthy distraction to keep, you know, to keep going forward. You know what I mean? And just be positive and laugh and just even though you were not together, you're still together and, and at least in some small way. You know what I mean? And that's like those yeah, things is like it's important. So I think the, the looking looking at the little details of life right now is like that shit is super important right now. It's true, and, and it's also good too. Like. Um, and it, but you know, stuff like that help you communicate to, to, to let you remember that, you know, you still have a nice, healthy contempt for some friends and family and can have heated, passionate arguments so you can remember, okay, yes, I still do have this life flowing in me and that I do still think that person's an idiot. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, it helps you stay grounded. You know what I mean. You don't want to be too, you know, you don't want to be too have the wool pulled over your eyes and the thinking it's all kumbaya. Like, yeah, true, that guy's still an idiot. Yes, no, I'm kidding. 
I'm killing idiot. You know who I'm talking to. You're not an idiot, but I, I might have called you an idiot that day, but you're not really an idiot. Yeah, man. No, I definitely agree with you, man. Like even that that um, house party. Like I, I was, I was a bit like, you know, you get kind of lost in all of this, you know, and get used. And I, I can speak for myself anyway. Just getting used to dealing with this this new way of going through our days where we don't really contact many people. So. I wasn't even really necessarily planning to go on house party that day during that thing. You know, but I'd seen that, um, one of our boys, your cousin was like, yo, we're at house party. Or someone said that. And, um, I was like, all right, well, yeah, let me go. I mean, I haven't done it in a while, even though I kind of, my, my socialization button was on snooze because I hadn't socialized in a while. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, we got on that, and I, I intended to be like, yeah, okay, I guess we're going to watch this Gucci Mane, so let me get on it. And, you well, know, you're talking about that particular one, but just in general, I'm talking about but go on. Yeah, no, I'm speaking about that was the most recent one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, get on that and, and be like, you know, okay, cool, let's, you know, get on and, and, and talk. And, you know, like my, my, my socialization button, like I said, was on snooze, and then... We ended up talking way past that. Like Gucci Mane and them, they they finished packing up their records and they were driving off. You know, they probably were back at the hotel. We were all still talking and we were talking late into the night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, like even that, you you get off and you're like, yeah, man, that was good. It was good to to bond with your brothers and talk and you know, even if conversations get kind of heated or whatever. It's like it's good to have that because you, like you said, you you, you and I, you don't really notice how much I guess you miss it until you do it, and it 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 fills that part of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like all the For Zoom sure. calls and those type of things. Like it's, you know, like it's you, it's it's needed, man. It's 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 yeah. like right now it's it's kind of needed, especially you know like if, if like if you can't see family members and but you know you can't just simply just fly and go see them. You know, like normal. Like you know, it's like those things help. You know, like those those things yeah. help. It's not the it's not the cure, but it it definitely it definitely helps. So that's my I think that's my thing of twenty twenty. Before we wrap up, that the last thing thing is just you know on a, on a serious note, just yo, just sometimes don't text, man. Sometimes just place a little quick call because that still in this day and age, it still means more than than communicating with your thumbs, man. Like it's still. It still goes a longer way, you know what I mean. And you don't know who yeah. you're touching. Who you, you don't know who you're touching when you do that, man. You just you know. But make make that attempt, man. Like if you haven't already been doing it, or if you are, continue to do so. But I think that's that's the biggest thing, man. Like the little details, details, you know, small to big always mean something. But the little details, I think it's those little things is, is such a big focus, man. Like it's true. Like that's that's the biggest thing. So um, so that's why I say for people that's still pushing through, it's like, yo, I salute you, man, because that's it's a serious thing right now. It's super serious right now. You know what I mean? Like, sure. you know, so so kudos to to everyone. And look, man, you know, another year on the books of uh, doing these um, MVPs of uh, of you know blank year podcasts, like. So thank you, Sean, for for you know hopping on yet another year. This is the first one I've ever ever done. While I'm still, uh, my alcohol content is still at zero point zero. It's awesome. Same here, bro. My body's like, what is going on here, man? <laughs> my body doesn't know what to do with itself. It's gonna hang up the phone. Like, man, oh, man, okay. So you mean we gotta be responsible after that podcast? <laughs> we don't have an excuse to check out and 
blame it on what we were drinking during the podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. Nah, but 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 seriously, but thank you for for hopping on, though, man. Like it's it's always you know it's always a pleasure for sure. It's always a pleasure is mine, brother. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure. Nah, Let's man. hope that you know this MVP catapults to a better year than <laughs> our last one did. Mm-hmm. We, we before the smoke cleared to our MVP last year, there was things happening that would you know. You know the whole story, yep, but let's yep. just hope that 2021 is as cliche as it sounds is is a better year. And when we wrap up 2021, we have confetti, you know, falling from the ceiling, talking mm-hmm. about how great 2021 ended up being. Let's hope that. Yeah, facts, 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 facts on facts. Thank you all for wrapping up the year with me and checking out the latest episode of the Ad Podcast. Special shout-out goes out to Sean Adonis for riding in the passenger seat with the windows down as you keep up with tradition to wrap up the MVPs of 2020. Check out the South Sharav YouTube channel, which has episode 6 of The Stoop out today as well. And make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. As well, just make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to all my shows wherever you listen to your podcasts. I appreciate that support. I really do. And to check out the catalog of podcast shows, Make sure you go to SouthShareAve.com. Once again, that's SouthShareAve.com. Let's end this year off right and stay positive and strong while we get through this tough period. Right now, it's the holiday season. Depending on where you are in the world, you could be under lockdown. So let's just make sure we stay up, we stay positive, check in with your peoples and your loved ones, and let's bring the new year positively. I'll see you with much more content for 2021. For Sean Adonis, this is Cal C. And you just tuned in to the AF Podcast on South Sharaf Radio. All right, until 2021, peace. We out.